tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Oh, AfterBuzz TV. The destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey everyone, welcome back to the Banshee After Show here on After Buzz TV. Talking about season three, episode ten. We all pay eventually to season finale. I'm Matt Lieberman. Joining me as always, Modest Rose is here. What's going on? Uh, Miss Oriana Leo is here. Hey, Fancy Babes. And Mr. Isaac Johnson is here. Hello as well, Fancy Babes. Yes. Uh, and uh, we have a very special guest today, Mr. Matt Servito, who plays Brock Lotus, will be joining us over the phone in uh, just under ten minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, before we get into that, first of all, first impressions of this finale. Amazing. Great. Yes. But they introduced they introduced so many characters. They I was so much plot. Yeah. I was so upset when it ended. It made me sadder. Yeah. I love a finale that really gives us a sense of what we'll be contending with in the future sure. and is all about world building and season building because you know we had a lot of cl- we've had climax I feel like all season long yeah. like uh, we had climax when when uh, when Trieste was killed when Siobhan was killed we had climax when Chayton was killed mm-hmm. uh, we had climax when everyone was being taken right. uh, so of course we got an epic uh, battle sequence and fight between uh, between Stowe and Anna mm-hmm. but really the back half is all about building season four mm-hmm. yeah you would almost think they'd have like nothing left in the bag at this point especially action wise like mm-hmm. we've had so much action but like this really delivered for a finale I, I think the Banshee bag is bottomless yeah I hope I so hope. yeah there's no bottom to that bag. yeah but I, I will have to say that uh, what you know Matt and you know Tom were eating at Miles Diner the burger you know they had to walk out on that there is much better food being served at Miles Diner uh, especially the pie just will say so next season are you plugging your own review of a fake restaurant right now I'm just saying you know Miles Diner did play a big part as well in the season finale just want to make sure of that (laughs) <laughs> and you should all go check out the Restaurant Fiction Podcast, yeah, perhaps? perhaps? Later sure. later yeah. for plugs. Let's yeah. get on with it. Uh, all sure. right. So I want to first, before Matt jumps on the line, I want to talk about these flashbacks where we learn a very key element mm-hmm. of Hood's past. We get to see the moment when he was made from man into Superman, the moment he was broken by some sort of hidden secret, super double, triple double secret probation branch of the government. Uh, and uh, the, his captor played by David Harbour, who just always plays such wonderful dicks. <laughs> like he I just love wonderful dicks. Wonderful dicks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shining, shimmering, That's what she said. Dicks. That's what she said. Uh, huge fan myself. Yeah. But judge anyone who we we finally get a sense of what he was inducted into. That he was he was an army army rat. <laughs> He's got issues with his dad. Well, yeah. big yeah. issues. For wait, we had what? a huge like therapy session. No longer issues because he killed him. He killed his dad. Wow. But uh, now that he's admitted it, mm. that's obviously the breaking point. Kind of, he become he's owned by Dalton. But here's the thing, though: Did he kill his dad, or 
did he just make him say it? Yeah. I think he actually did it. I think he he did it. Just break him in that way? I I mean, I think he was going for breaking him for sure. Get the deepest, darkest dirt possible. It's Psychops 101, guys. Yeah, Yeah. I know. We learned that earlier this season. Yeah. I think he, I think he absolutely did it. He probably was protecting himself and protecting his mom, you know? Yeah, well, that's what they say. Like, he, like, there was abuse going on and, um, his, what do you say? Like his father beat the crap out of him. It may not day. have been like cold mother. blood. Yeah, right. It could have been self defense, but we we don't know yet. We get the. I mean, and we get mm-hmm. this. Uh, we get the ring, you know, with the the Dalton. We get the ring, and you know, with these flashbacks, uh, which goes translates, you know, to with Stowe, Stowe, Dalton. They have the same ring. You know, Hood does not have the ring, though. Just saying. So you're saying that the ring is access to this secret club or, or branch. And and the tapping, the ring, exactly, yes. Mm. I don't know necessarily if that's the same thing. I wonder if that's just a that's a, a ring you get when you achieve a certain rank within mm-hmm. the military. Um, Perhaps some sort of class ring situation. It could also be a class ring could situation. Could in high school. Um, or West I, I Point for the or ring something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, what's what's the one Frank Underwood went to? Uh, the Sentinel. Oh, the Sentinel. Yeah. No. <laughs> but in any case, uh, they in this show they never throw around anything willy willy nilly, especially mm-hmm. yeah. when it comes mm-hmm. to piecing out and parsing out all of this copious backstory. And uh, we we got to see how Job and Hoodman met last episode right. because it's so uh, it was important to highlight how far their relationship had fallen, what kind of toll it had taken, mm-hmm. and how important Job was to the creation of the hood that we know today. Right. Now that now that Job's been taken, and we now have this bit of information about Hood's background, I have to, you have to wonder, are these the same people who took Job? And I, I I feel like he is in that room right now. Am I am I crazy about that? No, I think there's a very strong chance. Whether it's that room or another room they have all over the, you know, country. Yeah. That are just like that for that purpose. Well, I feel like we set up two key antagonists in this episode. Mm-hmm. We have uh, this psyop secret part of the government because obviously something was up with them. Otherwise, uh, Hood would never have left. Mm-hmm. And the Aryan Brotherhood, and we'll get far more into them. Yeah, that's uh, really cool. Yeah, well, actually, let's just start talking about it now because when when Matt comes on the phone, we'll start talking to him about Kurt Bunker and their relationship. But yeah, so Hood really messed up when he made a snap judgment hiring this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my takeaway. Was like, oh man, a lot of people's decisions this year mm-hmm. are going to come back to bite them. Uh, in Kai's case, they already have. Right, but. Just deciding, you, you're hired. Holy crap. Yeah, but he now. needed him. He, now, well, okay, needed it, him in the moment, but yeah. at the same time, in that one decision has now brought a full-on war to Banshee. And that's what Hood does. He brings full-on wars to Banshee. But he's no longer the sheriff. <laughs> no, he's not. He can't handle the, the war. He's not He's not licensed. Yeah, I, know. I didn't think it was going to be a thing that stuck, but I'm actually really glad that it has. I really like the arc that they're creating with Bunker. I mean, Tom Pelfrey's doing an Tom amazing Pelfrey. job yeah. acting that scene Incredible. at the end where he's talking about, you know, like really he's back to pay for his sins and also that he got his brother into the Aryan Brotherhood. It's a big twist. Yes, and, and that's likely the biggest reason that he's come back when he comes back to give him the time about protecting his family, but then finding out that like he has no interest he in He is later. in deep. You know, yeah. but I, as a Banshee as whole, I actually like this storyline because it makes... 
Banshee just that much more eclectic, yeah. uh, that much more filled with these colorful uh, neighborhoods, That's not the kind of word that they would like <laughs> yeah. to be used about them. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, this uh, Banshee, you know... You know, we we already dealt. It's you're right. It's almost antagonists, villains upon villains upon villains. Mm-hmm. I mean, but yeah. We, we also have heroes, and one of them is uh, now man. Sheriff Brock Lotus, yes. Mr. Matt Servito. Are you with us, sir? If you can hear me, yes, I am. Hi, yeah. Matt. Hey. Welcome. Where, Hello, Matt. We're in your beard right hey. now. We've all got Brock's beards to celebrate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It takes it takes me about an hour to grow that thing. <laughs> it looks that way. <laughs> Seriously, How, that's it's the thickest, fullest beard I've seen in quite some time. Yeah. Also, what is your what's your maintenance routine on this beard? Are we, are we talking like oil? Are we talking conditioner? <laughs> yes. I want to know. Look, I'll tell you this. I mean, you know, having kind of not used uh, conditioner for about the last twenty years, uh, <laughs> it's nice to have a beard to use all the products again. Okay. Okay. It smells, the beard. The beard smells good because usually it smells like what I. That's why my daughters won't kiss me when I have the beard. Okay. It smells Aww. like what I just ate. Oh, but so, but who uh, said it smelled like strawberries? And Adam said it smelled like vanilla and jasmine. So I'm guessing it smells good. Wow. It's kind of <laughs> creepy that all this. That was, that was all the guys on the show. Said, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, they're the yeah. ones we've been interviewing, and they're all huge fans yeah. of your beard smell. Um, so, Matt, first of all, we're, we're massive fans mm-hmm. of your work on the show. Absolutely. And I, I, nothing made me happier than in episode one of this season to get a, a glimpse into Brock's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that what they've been doing with your character this year is just sensational and very, very needed. Absolutely. How did, uh, did, how did you feel about your arc this season? Well, I mean, it was, you know, first of all, it's just kind of, um, you know, it, it, the first couple seasons was uh um you know it was similar to a lot of stuff that i had played in the past whereas you know i'd had a lot of years playing law enforcement on various levels uh but this show was so different it was not a typical procedural and um you know i was sort of the moral center of the show i mean it seemed to be the only guy that knew the difference between right wrong in a 75 mile radius so I basically, you know, as much as I was enjoying that and uh, it gave it, it was nice to be a foil to Hood, I, I you know, I finally talked to the writers. I'm like, I mean, I think everyone in this town has a past, you yeah. know, and I, yeah. I'd love to know if this guy's got some dark past. Even even the goody goodies have something that they're keeping down. And, um, you know, I was encouraging them to sort of let's let's take this and see, let's run it out and see what we can find. And, uh and so, you know, they, they immediately, obviously, were responding to that. And I also just felt like it's going to get old if I'm always, or I'm going to be dead. I guess <laughs> yeah. I was trying to save my, I was trying to save my life on the show, I think is what I was really trying Good for trying you to for do. taking initiative. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I know I'm trying to make it out like it was some creative decision. I'm like, no, man, I need this job. Um, <laughs> let's, let's figure out how, how can we extend Brock into a third season? Because truly, I can see the writing on the wall. It's like. Actually, a little footnote. I don't think they, the uh, I don't think Jonathan Troppo would care if I said it at this point. I don't know if it came come up. Uh, Brock Lotus was supposed to be dead at the end of season one. No. What? Yes. Yes. Wow. I'm gonna. I can. I can roll that out now. I hope. It was yeah. your beard um, smell. Was that it that kept you? I literally. I had a one year contract, and Brock was sort of a plot device 
to come in and literally, like in the last episode, the tenth episode of season one, uh, after you know, and, and so some of the stuff that started in in uh, season one, where you see Brock kind of, you know, not trusting him and right. kind of seems to be the only one in the police force that's like, there's something about this guy, begins to dig and dig and dig until finally in episode ten, as they're going off to this siege, uh, the, the the shootout at the metalworks with. Rabbit, rabbit and the yeah, bad yeah. guys. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, basically Brock turns to Hood at some point in the shootout, or after he rescues him, or even before. The, and basically, I take a bullet, uh, you know, and I'm like, I know who you are, kind of thing, as I'm dying in Hood's arms, and you know, so Hood doesn't kill me because he wants to keep his secret down. I actually get shot, mm. uh, but it, it is, his secret is safe. But that was going to be. Uh, the end of end of Brock and the end of the first season, and so his secret was safe uh, till the, at least you know till the beginning of season two. So when the only did one you... who knew that he was not Lucas Hood has just died. So and when... about halfway through season one, the writers producers come to me and said, "We're just having too much fun with Brock, with <laughs> you, with this character, and uh, we don't want to get rid of you." I mean, so you know, if you're interested in staying, we'd like to have you around. And I was I was you know feeling the same way, so I decided to. Uh, to stick around and then uh, sign, you know, sign an extended contract, and then they, they said, then they had to spend a lot of time in season two trying to figure out how to unkill me. Because <laughs> <laughs> basically, you know, the story had always been to kill me. It's like, okay, so now you're not dead. So now what? And like I said, that's when I felt like it was going to quickly get old if I was just always like, hey, you can't do that, Lucas Hood. And look, right. that's not how it's done in this town. And it's like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that's why this season, I know this is a long-winded answer to your question about this season, but cool. it comes full circle to, you know, co- you know, going over to the dark side immediately right at the first five minutes of season three when yeah. we kill Hondo. Yeah. And it was very Im- important to the writer and to myself that I sort of be the first one to pull the trigger on Hondo. I mean, you even see Hood look over at me and kind of like, your turn, buddy. This is your thing, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, And from that point on, it was never the same for for Brock and you know it's, it's, as an actor it's just a much more interesting ride yeah absolutely well it feels like on many levels one of the main themes of Banshee season 3 is the corruption of Brock and by extension the entire sheriff's department but mm-hmm. no but of like now that you finally finally have your dream job you're finally the sheriff it's a really interesting moment to say wait a second is Brock really any better for the job than anyone in the past or better than Hood because he's just as corrupt. Yeah. No, and I think that's, and I think you're, you know, I think you're tipping into season four immediately because I think this is a be careful what you wish for kind of yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. And truly, while Hood, while Hood's been here, you know, it has quickly become the worst town in America. I mean, it was probably <laughs> bad before, but I mean, he stirred, he stirred the hornet's nest. It's a little bit like when he talks about, you know, that's why I love that moment in New Orleans where at the end after we dump Chayton's body in the Mississippi River and he says, I'm not going back. And I'm like, F you. You're not coming back. No way. I don't want to be sh- like you're coming back. Yeah. This is all on you, man. I'm not going to like take over now. And that was an amazing and, uh, scene as well. You're yeah, so oh, earnest. I just, I, yeah, I love that moment. That actually, I, 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 it's weird because I had friends start texting me at the end of that episode going, man, great season finale. I'm so excited. <laughs> man, that was great. What an ending, man. You know, yeah. and I'm like, you know, there's two more episodes. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. No, I didn't know that, man. <laughs> what are you talking about? Because it just felt like that was a perfect ending to the season. It yeah. did. And we, we, uh, uh, Hoon Lee and I were joking the other day because 
Jonathan Tropper, our uh, writer, uh, tweeted that he said, hey, welcome everybody to our third season finale. And Hoon and I kept saying, the third season finale. I mean, it's the third time the show has tried to end this year. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Episode 8 was sort of was one finale season. Episode 9 was another. And finally, 10 was the real true finale. But mm. this is a show that every episode feels yes. like a season finale. Yeah, good, yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, it's an embarrassment of riches, story-wise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, I want to talk about uh, Brock's relationship with Emily, uh, which we got to see a lot of this season. And uh, at some points early on in the season, you feel like, okay, she's the one who's a little bit nuts and, and Brock is wholly innocent in this divorce that he was just too busy. But he's also just as intense. Oh, yeah. What draws oh, yeah. these people together? <laughs> he, have you ever noticed that though the most intense nutty people seem to attract each other oh absolutely um, yeah yeah it, it was truly like I think you know was we, we had to spend a lot of time kind of talking that out because um, it's you know you see a bit of it in, in the, you know the sex scene that we have in the first uh, episode and even that was toned down a bit from what was either on the page or what was discussed early on because it really was kind of going to be much more kinky, kind of crazy, you know, a little more S and M. And so you do see, oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, you really do see that these two wait, wait, where you... uh, have this kind of, you know, both a physical past that's very, you know, whether you know, I don't know, not abusive, but just very interesting, and and that that kind of uh, led into their personal lives. And um, I think you know that the two of them uh, truly, it, and that's what what I like. You said it's. I like that it wasn't just sort of like. Well, Emily's just crazy. It's like, and that's what, a little bit of what I was talking about, exploring Brock's past. And it's like, yeah, he was dedicated to the job and that there truly was obviously some part of him, you know, whether it was just he wasn't, he had issues with intimacy or, I mean, again, mm -hmm. there was no kids. We talked about that. Did they have any kids? Their right. kid, you know, when, he, when they first talked about an ex-wife, I said, I'd love it if there's a kid. I'd love it if there's some, you know, financial problems. You know, if, he's, if there is child support issues or something like that, Brock needs money. So does he get involved with Hood? Does he, you know, that those sort of things. But mm -hmm. no kids, was that maybe part of the problem? Or were they never even interested in having children? You know, they're just, neither one of them were the parenting kind. You know, so um, we discussed a lot of stuff. And I mean, a lot of it, you know, uh, the, the history, it's, it's hard as an actor because you, you, know, you cover a lot of ground that all of that has to be shown in short bursts, a minute yeah. and a half here, two minutes here, you know, mm -hmm. and you're really just hoping that a lot of the history that we've discussed and the depth comes through in a very short amount of time, you know. Absolutely. Wait, so were you disappointed when they had to censor the sex scenes like you know it was written really kinky i just want to i want to i want to get your overall uh first impression here oh you mean like when 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 it actually got tamed down a little bit yes um you know i mean look I, you know <laughs> we were ready for anything believe me and, and tanya clark who played emily is just great and you know she was game for anything and she just you know we, we truly sort of had it. It was my, ironically, uh, at, at this, you know, uh, point in my career to finally get like my first full on sex scene. I've done sex scenes for comic effect. <laughs> <laughs> truly, because I'm a walking sight gag naked, but, oh, you know. Come on. You know Hashtag Brock's buff. Hashtag Brock's yeah, buff. Me, yeah. I, I kept, I kept waiting for like, woman has sex with primate on Cinemax and no one cares. <laughs> like, no one. You know, Listen, that's happened it, it, before on this uh, network, but now it's a new day. Know, like we have YouTube. original programming now. Video. 
Um, but it, it was, uh, yeah, I, I, so, you know, Tanya and I really kind of had uh, talked about some stuff that kind of, you know, talked about the physicality of it. Um, and we shot some of it. They did tone it down. It just, it just took the Lotuses to a place so quickly. And it was the first episode. And I thought, yeah, there's almost like no recovering from this. You're like, what the hell did I just see? And who are these people? <laughs> but story-wise, it had to get, you know, to another place because clearly it was heading, she was heading towards Proctor right. and heading towards yeah. that storyline. So, you know, it's not like we were going to see this ongoing sick, twisted physical relationship between these two. I don't even mean to put labels on it. Not even sick, just a truly different type of, you know, yes, uh, yeah. physical needs, I'll, I'll say. Yeah. And, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, we, you know, like I said, we went there as actors. We were pretty open about it. We tried some stuff. You know, <laughs> some stuff made them kind of go, uh, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Yeah, let's not do that one again. Let's try something else on this take. <laughs> you know? Are we going to uh, see Emily in season four? I have no idea. I mean, you clearly, you know, there was clearly a, a bit of a button, obviously, with her and Proctor, as you saw in, in episode nine. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. That that actually, um, what little I know of season four, that never um, came up. You know, it's just, I, I imagine it would be great to have her back. Cause like I said, I just really enjoy working with Tanya, and she's uh, a brave actress and not afraid of just anything they want to throw story-wise, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Do you have yeah. more yeah. Do you have I do. I have Twitter? some fan questions for you, Matt. Um, sure. Who Saif asks? Who is the funniest member of the cast? Oh, interesting. Um, who's the funniest member? Um, you. It's probably you. Be- if you don't know, it's probably you. No, <laughs> it's not just one. I would say it's between Anthony and Ulrich. Mm. Um, That's and, and an it's interesting. Funny because Ulrich, who, uh, Ulrich is so dry. Invariably, I mean, Anthony and I laugh the most at Ulrich. <laughs> his, his delivery is so Danish and so dry and so cutting. <laughs> um, so we, you know, we find ourselves, Anthony is outrageous. And that's why I, I love that he's, you know, hood is, I, I try to post pictures on Twitter of Anthony laughing because he's a goofball yeah. and he loves to laugh. And we spend a lot of time, you know, just, just enjoying ourselves on set. So, um, but he's so good at playing heavy and serious. Mm-hmm. So I, when the fans, whenever I'm able to post a picture of Anthony, I'm just like between takes laughing. I lo- the fans are like, oh my god! I've never seen him smile. Like yeah. that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, Look yeah. at him, like belly laughing, you know. And but he is—he's a goofball. He's and I've said to him, I said, when this is all over, we you and I are going to go find like the silliest bromance comedy script we can find. <laughs> Great. Just let let the let the real Anthony star out. Yeah, we'll watch can, that. Can you uh, tell us about a time where Ant or Ulrich really made you laugh? Oh, let me think of a specific moment. Um, <laughs> it was um, there was a chase sequence, you know, where we I, uh, I, I had to have surgery on my foot. Uh, Matt, me in real life, had to have surgery on my foot, and we had a chase sequence. I, God, it's got to be first season, maybe early second season. Uh, we're chasing down this kid, and um, uh, I think he was probably a skinhead, and um, <laughs> I just couldn't keep up. And he just kept making comments, take after take after take. And actually, then he started just kind of making them in character, none of which they used because they were, I mean, they were hysterical. But it was like, yeah. I, I, I just had not fully recovered from the surgery yet. And so I was limping, limping, take after take. And finally, I just started busting a gut on every take. And I said, can't Brock just 
can't I just literally pull out my gun and shoot the kid? Like, I just Brock is winded. You know, I always wanted Brock to be the, like that Indiana Jones moment. Yeah. Like the guy with the sword yeah. and Indiana Jones looks at him and goes out. Like, just shoots him. You know, yeah. I want, every time they write a fight sequence for him, like, yeah, I think I should just probably pull my gun out here. You know, <laughs> hey, that sounds like season four Brock to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, believe me. I, in fact, it was, I was just looking at the finale again today, and there's this great sequence where they cut between all the badass people on the show in slow motion. You've got, you know, you've got uh, Team Proctor with, with Burton and Rebecca, and they're walking in slow motion mm-hmm. and, like, fire behind them and they're shooting and then you got you know the the, the team busting out of the uh out of the uh, out of uh, general stowe's lair mm-hmm. and they're all firing it's all in slow motion and the next thing you see is brock eating at the diner and i wish it was in slow motion i'm like that should have been awesome like this slow motion like powdered, powdered sugar coming off my ear yeah. you know Ten thousand frames a second, like with the phantom cameras, it just bounces yeah, crumbs yeah. bouncing away from your mouth. Yeah, it was just like I, I thought the timing of that. It's like cool, 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 and then Brock at Miles Diner <laughs> eating, you know, close on my mouth. I was like, oh my god! And then like, and then they cut to Bunker just sitting across and he's staring at me. I, was like, <laughs> I love that stuff, man. I love it. I, if, if there's one thing, I hope we continue to. You know, even for Brock as well. I mean, I just I love doing a lot of the you know, the dry Brock humor stuff. And Jonathan Tropper, who just you know, Jonathan's such a great writer and a great novelist. And his novels mm-hmm. are actually much more funny than than Banshee ever will be. Mm-hmm. And I love when he lets a little bit of that Tropper humor come through. And that's usually in in you know the lines that he gives me, just like smart ass one liners. And I know I have to. I think Adam Targum said I had to mention his name twenty times. Okay, good. Okay. Just the yeah. beginning. So there's number, number one. one, Adam Targum. <laughs> Adam loves all those kind of buddy eighties, you know, die hard, lethal weapon movies, and he just loves writing these great zingers. You know, that a lot of the stuff that the fans have tweeted about. Usually those are Adam's lines on the buttons on seats. They're and just a blast. Th- we have a question actually from a fan. Stacy yeah. is asking, yeah. or somebody asked, but do you ever, yeah, Stacy. She says, she, I love your one-liners. Are they all written? Have you ever ad-libbed one? Um, I have, but uh, you know what? His are better than my ad-libs. <laughs> I do a lot of comedy. You know, my other stuff, I do a lot of comedy, but it, it's so specific to Brock, and it's, it's um, Adam just truly has such a good sense of the character and the timing is always perfect and mm-hmm. uh, it's usually just a layup and I'm like yeah if I, if I start and I've done a little bit of the riffing and I'm like no nah, you know what let's just go back to the script it was better the way it was yeah. and one more question uh, this yeah. one's pretty cute from Brian will Platinum ever tell Brock her real name <laughs> <laughs> they have such a good relationship like that. that was good Kate's great um, I doubt it. I doubt it. And, and it's funny because I don't know if the joke ever really, the, the, the double M on platinum. Uh-huh. Oh, we got it. Yeah. Oh, we got, we got it. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, because we did, we did a whole series when uh, we did that uh, scene in the strip club this season. Um, I think a little bit of it made it in, but I kept saying the name over and over again with the double M. So I go platinum. What, what do you think I should do? You should say something. And I know, I know platinum. But and it, it just went, and they were like it's too much and I, I was much, yeah. like enjoying myself. We were getting you know laughing our heads off, but mm. um, it was just too, you know I, I just wanted to make sure they all they all knew this was her double M name that she had come up with. She actually, her and I uh, when we did a scene in season one, that was a lot of that was improv, and oh, that had that unfortunately cool. had to be cut down to nothing. But they just let the cameras roll for ten minutes. She's amazing, and she just did this whole improv, 
as platinum and I was just trying to keep up with her because she was hysterical fantastic Um, one one last question and then we gotta move on Uh, there's a very key scene in this episode towards the end where you and Kurt Bunker really Mm -hmm. get a chance to bond and you talk him down from his uh, you know lonely in the dark rage gripping Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's it's really vitally important because now that Hood is vacating the Mm -hmm. captain's chair so to speak we have to have a reason for Bunker to be as loyal to Brock as he is to Hood Mm -hmm. Um, and I I guess I wanted to ask what you see in Bunker Um, what I what I see where do I see Bunker going or Or what 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 does Brock see in Bunker Uh, like does he see a kindred spirit in that he's kind of Go ahead. No, you know, I a... think, yeah, I think I was thinking about you know when uh, the other day when I was rewatching the episode. I mean, there's just I think there's a loyalty there. I mean mm-hmm. that um, it, you know what you what you realize is what this guy has always been is loyal, and it's like if you can harness that harness that loyalty which he had to the Brotherhood, and now he's given to the BSD, and if it could be harnessed for good, he's so passionate about things that he's loyal about. That he's almost truly like like a you know a service dog, like so mm-hmm. dedicated yeah. and singular focused. And I, you know, that's where I keep wondering if this guy's going to become for Brock that kind of like you know uh, uh, raging dog I've got just on a leash. But when I need him, I let him go, and he absolutely tears it up. But I've got mm-hmm. to kind of keep keep him back. But when I need this guy, he's just my pit bull, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he's he's just. I think there's also you know. Um, He's and I also he's young. I mean, also I mean, Tom. There's an age difference between Tom and I as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of that, you know, struggle that that uh, you know of of youth. I, I think I see a lot of that too. I mean, which is something I probably am denial about how you know how much older I am. But I'm like, <laughs> I just think that um, there is there is a thought. You know, you can tell this guy just has never quite had. Uh, and well, I think he discusses a bit about his father and his father. You know, kind of brought him into that whole world. And I think. He's probably looking for somebody to pull him out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think there's like a moment when? Because I, I remember early on, like you're like really this guy hood. And, you know, Brock says that to to him, and then now it seems like he has some empathy for him and gives that great talk to him. Do you think there's a moment when Brock decided that this guy needs someone? This guy what? That like that bunker needs someone to give him this advice when you see him kind of destroy. Yeah. Himself I mean, in the room. you know. The thing with Banshee is, you know, it's all, it's very short form storytelling. I mean, there's so much that happens off camera because what we focus on generally in the story, we, we push all of the, the big moments to the forefront. And that's mm-hmm. why I love that scene with, with Tom and I, uh, in episode 10. It was, I mean, it, that was truly one of the longest talking scenes I think we've ever run out. Um, probably other than Tom. And Afton, yep. uh, in in the siege in the episode five when we were all stuck inside the caddy, he had mm-hmm. that scene. We first describes how he how he ended up there, who he is, and um, it, it was incredible. To me that they, that scene got you know normally scenes like that get cut down. They didn't cut it. They didn't cut a word. Wow. Yeah, uh, they left every every frame, every word, and um, you know it was just such a joy to actually let a real breathing, you know. Um, between two characters because this is you that's usually backstory that's usually history you don't get on bands you just mm-hmm. have to assume moments like that have happened yeah. because we just keep cutting to the action cut to the action and then we finally earn a moment of reflection at the bar at the forge right. or a moment in the diner to catch your breath and 
So that was it was uh, I, I think that was Tom's had a you know they, and I think they are, it's very important to the writers Adam Targum and Jonathan Tropper I think I've said Adam's name maybe three now um, <laughs> it was very important to them I think that the audience knows who this guy is going into season four right, right. Um, um, I think they, they you know they, oh sorry yeah. sorry Matt uh, I apologize just we're, no, no. we're running low on time so we need to jump back into plot but uh, if you'd like yeah. please stick around and, and tell us more uh, your your thoughts on the finale and anything else you want to talk about um, sure sure so uh, let's talk briefly poor Gordon rest poor in Gordon. peace yeah. uh, called it last week we did I, I did yeah. You did. Good job, guys. Uh, and I was worried about other folks, but and people were tweeting me long before I got to see the episode, uh, yeah. <clears throat> which is fun. But uh, I thought that this sequence was really expertly staged. Uh, when when Gordon pops out of that truck with an assault rifle and grenade launcher and is just so brutally effective, yeah. he kills like four guys in a row. It was bef- hot. before anything else happens. It- it was like he was made to do this. He it was like rather than being mere, he was made for this. He was built for war. Well, he yeah. wasn't the only gunslinger in the family. He said so. That's yeah. True. I also like him making the decision to put his beef or whatever with with Hood aside to go save his woman. Mm. Yeah, it shows his growth as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh not only that he's willing to trust Hood, but that he's also willing to cross some lines mm-hmm. and take lives if necessary for what he believes in. Because mm-hmm. um, he truly loves her. He says that at the yeah. end. And I, I really like, you know, in, in this in this episode, instead of, say, um, you know, a sex montage, the main montage was Gordon and Hood putting their guns together. Make what you want of that. That's some, some <laughs> form of sex montage. Yes. Yeah, someone yes. consider yes. that. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I was actually, I was really pleased that we didn't pleased and disappointed at the same time that we didn't get a Stowe versus Hood uh, fight and that it was a a Stowe and Anna fight because honestly if you really look at the construction of the season uh, it's it really is Anna's fight and Anna's kill yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I was gonna say to it, get really it's, it's much more powerful and meaningful for her to be the one to best him also I really think that's amazing writing to not have her be saved by a man mm-hmm. she can Agreed. save herself I thought that was cool yeah absolutely I just I, I want to know who would win between the two of them but I think it's far more important instead to have her fight him and also to have uh could be faced with the same moment as when he lost Siobhan five episodes ago yeah and decide this time to spring into action he's not going to let it happen again yeah Thank really God. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so, farewell, Gordon. Mm-hmm. Everyone's very sad. And I am too, because you had finally become a character that I was really caring about. But that's the best time to kill someone off. <laughs> Unless, of course, you like him so much that you write him on for the rest of the series, like Brock. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I want to talk about Kai and Rebecca and Burton and their buddy Morales, uh, whom they gifted to whom they gifted a really kick-ass sword. Oh yeah, it was like uh, like a Kill Bill type sword. Oops. Yeah. Well, it was a Chinese sword, not yeah. a Japanese sword. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but sorry. Uh, sorry. but still, this guy Morales, he's a little crazy. Like like uh, Frazier is ruthless and brutal, but he's also a businessman. He's smart. Morales is a nutcase. Yeah, but you see a lot of characters teaming up in this episode with characters that they have odds with to accomplish a goal that are allies. And because of Hector having that like mark on the back of his head yep. that was given to him, 
by Frazier. Yeah, by Frazier. You can you can trust Kai can trust him in this situation and in this situation. Yeah. But he's about to put him in power in Philadelphia. Yeah, I wonder if maybe uh, Frazier's words to him, like he's going to screw you over too. It's you know, probably some sort of foreshadowing. Maybe. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, also, Rebecca, go into battle with more than six bullets. And the proper shoes. And yes, the proper it's shoes. The proper shoes. Yeah. 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 She's a great shot, and she's running around. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, she's just a great shot out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, she's got no purse. She has nowhere else to keep spare bullets. <laughs> it's a revolver. It doesn't work like that. It's true. True. Um, but glad that this storyline with Kai is over because I think the far more compelling storyline that is introduced at the very end of the episode is uh, now that Sheriff Hood is no longer the sheriff and he's just a man, Kai it closes on that smile of his, that chilling smile. I'm so pleased. Yeah, it was uh, awesome. Because here's the thing. Not only... Is he down one nemesis, at least in terms of like law, good and evil, whatever. Uh, but now he's just a man. If he kills Sheriff Hood, not a ton, like it's not going to be as bad as if he killed an actual law enforcement totally. member. Also, I feel like on some level he might try to bring him back into the fold. He's t- I totally picked that up. Yeah. That yeah. he's got this smile because he's a businessman, he's enterprising, he's thinking. Exactly, exactly what Dalton thought, which was, I could really use this guy. I need a pit bull. Mm. We'll see how that develops. Now, have we seen Kai smile as much as he did in this particular moment? I've never seen Kai truly, emphatically, Mowgli-esque smile. Yeah, I mean, he smiled a bit when he was with Emily, but it was a different kind of like, mm. oh, good, smile. Yes. But Matt, do you want to pitch in? Hello? Oh, maybe it's not there anymore. Oh. Oh. I don't know. Oh. Oh. Hello? It's okay. Make make your point, Mona. Oh, but anyway, yes. But speaking of Matt, you know, now, you know, that Brock, you know, is the new sheriff. He now has kind of two enemies to go after. I mean, two people that he's always, you know, he's always kind of been jealous of Hood. And he doesn't like how Hood is always taken everything in his own hands and he's always wanted to go after Kai I mean so in a way you know if Hood and Kai are now one that's a big dilemma I don't know that they're going to be one but I think that they're learning to coexist Mm -hmm. now if if I take off my podcaster hat and then put on my showrunner helmet uh, which is very roomy whoa 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 I know it's big um we're at the end of season three. We have two projected seasons left in the show, eight episodes each. At some point, Kai has to get his comeuppance. So if Hood is no longer sheriff, they're going to find a reason to collide by the end of season four. He has to have a reason to kick Kai's ass in season five. And uh, I'm very, very curious about what that is. I wonder if uh, the Aryan Brotherhood is going to play into it. I wonder if the PsyOps folks are going to mm-hmm. play into it. Who knows? Anyone anyone have a, have a theory on hand? I don't, but I do think that the, whatever Black Ops was involved, I really think that's going to be in the storyline in season four. Right on. Uh Okay, any final thoughts before we move into predictions? I would just want to say I'm glad we finally got to see Sugar throw a punch. Yes! Yeah, that knockout punch was sweet, man. I only yeah. took one. Only one. We saw Job and uh, uh, Anna look at, like, 
Wow. wow, that's who we've been with this yeah. whole time. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. I do have a shout out I would like to give sure. to Robert Kern the third. He is the designer and maker of these wonderful Brock's beards. Hell yeah, go Robert. These um, are awesome. Yeah. Matt, are you still there? I, I am. Okay. I lost you, but I came back. Thank okay. you so okay. much. So uh, Robert yeah. Kern the third is an artist living in Baltimore, Maryland, and he draws, paints, yeah. designs, websites, etc. He's a huge fan of Mr. Servito because of a show called Brotherhood. When I saw his yep. new look in the first episode of Banshee this season, I took it upon myself to get Brock's beard, hashtag Brock's beard, trending. Uh, so yep. he made this beard, and I want everyone to follow him on Twitter. Yeah. He is at rkern3, and uh, you can get your very own Brock's beard from him. Um, and what, if he could ask Servito anything, it would be what he thinks of the whole hashtag Brock's beard phenomenon. Yeah. It's also yeah. Somebody just got the account because I mean yeah, I, just, I saw that too. I just started following. I don't know if it's him as well because I just started following Brock's beard on Twitter. Twitter uh, today, I think. Yeah, actually, you won um, a T-shirt for one of our fans because another fan, Britt, offered a T-shirt if we could get you to follow Brock's beard, <laughs> and you did. And so Jumbo Shrimp's getting oh my, a T-shirt. Oh no, I, I love it. I love it. I mean, <laughs> and, and the cutout beard, I, I'm just amazing. And and. I have to, I, and I can, I'm going to give a shout out to Greg Gatane, it's our producer, because the beard was his idea. Oh. Um, it, it, it was a, it was a plot device. Basically, he called me last February and said, how quickly can you grow a beard? And I said, in about an hour. <laughs> he said, he said, uh, because, and I said, well, what's up? He said, because I need to suggest to the audience, uh, right immediately at the opening of season three, that time has passed. Uh, that okay. this, because the, the time between seasons one and season two was about a week. We basically had the shootout at the Metalworks with Rab and the guys, mm-hmm. and it's about a week later, and you've got the feds there, and we're all on trial. Very little time has passed. Between seasons two and three, there's a suggestion that a, a, a few months had passed. Yeah. Emmett has died. Emmett's been buried. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hondo did not get uh, uh, convicted for his murder, and he's gotten off, and we know where he is. So he said, I immediately want the, as soon as the audience sees you with a beard, they're going to know that time has passed. This was not like a week. This was not even a couple of weeks. Like you've grown a beard. Things have changed. It's a little bit different. I said, cool. I love it. So it was really only, and again, it was only going to be for the first episode. Oh. And, and then all of a sudden everybody saw the beard and they're like, oh, we're keeping that beard. Yeah. <laughs> like, in fact, they may fire me and keep the beard. <laughs> what I'm afraid of. I would love it if just my beard kept making appearances. Yeah, that would be great. Well, it can now with our handy-dandy yeah. cutouts. I know. I know. Um, there was a fan that I don't, don't remember on Twitter that wanted to ask you, uh, Matt, What what's one of your favorite scenes that you've got to, gotten to play as Brock? Um, you know what, man? It was probably the scene at Emmett's tomb. Um, yeah. Right yeah. The yeah, that's the one they mentioned, too, yeah. Yeah, I just, I mean, it was, you know, I was very close to Demetrius who played Emmett and um, you know, I basically just, uh, that was a little bit of real whiskey in that glass and it was a real, <laughs> real cold night. And, you know, they put, that was a, our, uh, our art department made that tomb. And I, as soon as I walked up there, I'm like, let's just start rolling the cameras because I'm about to lose it right now. Oh. And, uh, you know, it just was truly, you know, I was talking to him and I, I miss, in fact, I'd given him a call like the day before just to hear his voice. You know, oh, check in with him, Manila. Oh, He's doing great, by the way. Uh, but it was just, you know, I wanted to use all that as an actor. But that you don't get moments like that too often uh, on television, where you truly just, you know, with your thoughts, expressing something, and um, 
it was it was wonderful. I just loved doing that. Yeah, Fantastic. it was beautiful, and your performance was stellar. I was I was way into it. Mm-hmm. You know, thanks. Well, uh, unfortunately, we are running low on time, so it is time now. By the way, I loved I loved all your predictions for four. I will tell you. Okay. Um, yes. Yes. No. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> From what I heard. How am I going to remember uh, the order of what I said, Matt? Yeah, oh. I'm just saying. I, even though I even though my phone call had it stopped and I couldn't hear you, I just guessing. No, <laughs> I'll say this: it is. There is no way anyone is going to guess. You can make all the predictions you want because this blew my mind when I began to get an inkling of what Ooh. season four is. Okay. I don't know if any, no one will predict what this what season four is because it is. I, the writers just went off the hook. I couldn't believe when they came to me with this suggestion. I'm like, oh, not a suggestion. I mean, what what they were going to do, and I just thought that's insane. I love it. I love it. Game on, Servito. We're going to predict away (laughs) right here, right now. It's time. Please do, because I'm telling you, if somebody picks up on this, it'll be amazing. I would would love to hear your thoughts on this. Wait, wait, wait. So you're saying there's something to pick up on. Is it something that we could possibly get from what we've seen so far? Um, I mean, look, it, it, you know, it's, uh, it's, you know, who's left, Mm -hmm. you know, who's still on the show, you know, who's gone. Um, it, you know, th- those elements uh, are pretty solid, but it is just, um, it, it, uh, God, how can I, <laughs> I know I have to be careful. I have to mince my words here because Adam Targum yep. uh, yeah. had told me, you know, he, he told me to mention his name, but not say anything. In its construction, it's, it's pretty amazing. I mean, what they're talking about doing, because I have to say the show up to this point has been so aerobic. It's been so fast and furious and I didn't think we could top season two and we did mm-hmm. I don't think we can top season three I mean oh. in regards to uh, the the pace of the show not not acting wise not stories I know we can keep going and do better but I mean the pace has just finally I think outrun us and I keep saying I'm wondering if we have to slow down make it more mysterious make <laughs> it darker go deeper right. you know and I, I'm, I, I'm not saying that that's where it's going I, me as an actor I was kind of thinking Maybe that's where we, you know, we should start looking in that direction. But knowing Adam and Jonathan, they won't do that. Yeah. They probably yeah, won't do no that way. at all. Well, Matt, I want to thank you so much for joining mm-hmm. us. Uh, we're, we're unfortunately out of time, so we just have time for predictions. But where can people find yeah, yeah. you online? Say that again? Where can people find you online on Twitter? Yeah, yeah, I'm on uh, uh, at Matt Servito on Twitter, and I'm on Facebook, and uh, what I do with Twitter is I just put up a ton of pictures. I am the backstage photographer. So uh, <laughs> if you want to watch us as we're shooting season four and you're like having your banshee, uh, you know, uh, withdrawal, just truly check in on my Twitter account because I'll be posting stuff all summer long of behind the scenes stuff. Awesome. 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 Thank you so much. Thanks, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's been a real yeah. pleasure. You bet, man. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely. Anytime. Bye. All right. Bye. Take Bye. care. Good night now. All right. Now, it is time for predictions. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. Matt Servito says there's no way that we could possibly predict what's happening in season four. I humbly disagree. Okay. Okay? Doesn't sound so humble. Sounds oh, proud. no. I hum- I am extremely humble right now <laughs> in this moment like right moment here. To me. I'm not really sure. I'm going to throw this out there. To the room, to the moon, and back. Okay? When we pick up in season four, bold statement, 
Brock Lotus, in control of the Banshee Sheriff's Department, has just declared all-out, unending war on Kai Proctor. And is just the most corrupt thorn in his side, not giving a crap about paperwork. He's he's seen how effective Sheriff Hood's style of policing is, and he's not going back. He's not going back one bit. However... He doesn't have any of the training or strength <laughs> to back it up. So instead, he's got his guard dog on one side, mm-hmm. Mr. Yeah. Kurt Bunker. And on the other side, he's got Billy Raven. Poor Billy Raven, who couldn't even get out of bed for this 10th episode. <laughs> who's trying to say, oh, boss, we can't we can't be doing that. Not now. Bunker, get him. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I'm, I'm seeing us pick up in season four. Uh, I'll, I'll leave my other stuff to the end. Manas? Well, first of all, Really quick, I know what Oriana and Isaac are ordering at Miles Diner. What are you, what are you going to be ordering at Miles Diner, Matt? I'm going to ignore your strenuous objections, and I'm going to get the hamburger. <laughs> it is actually, it is made with filet mignon, ground That's up. That's so just it's... a waste of filet. You don't oh, need, you just need so a fatty. No, you need a fatty cut for a for Right, 80-20, all right, at all right. At least. Well, okay, in terms of predictions, you know, every season deals, though, the big thing I feel is always um, a bank heist. Well, I feel this, the heist here, it's not really going to be money. It's going to be Job. That's going to be first and foremost. I mean, that is now Mm. the heist. What's the treasure? There really isn't going to be, let's get some money, you know, it's going to be, we need to get Job. That's what's going to bring the band back together. All Um, right. I actually agree with what both of you are saying. Mm-hmm. I think we will see Hood and Anna slash Carrie rekindle in some way because they've both lost and now they're alone and they love each other and they just belong together, okay? Um, <laughs> Unless she blames him for bringing Gordon and along. And she may. Um, I think Bunker's going to be recovering and that is going to essentially fuel his anger that he is going to have to heal all these burns off his body. Mm-hmm. Um, and otherwise, I, I kind of like it. I think Brock's going to... He's going to want to be Hood, but he can't. And uh, Job, I think we're going to learn a lot more about Job. We're going to learn a lot more about this this branch of military that no one knows about uh, that they have been involved in. So I think Dalton's going to come back to haunt them. Great. Isaac? Yeah. Well, I don't see them introducing Dalton without it, you know, finishing you know that storyline. So I think we're going to see Dalton next season. I don't know how corrupt Brock's going to be. I don't feel like you can make him that corrupt. I think you can. I don't know. He's just a, vo- <laughs> he's just a voice of reason to me. And yes, he has done bad things, which is probably why you can relate to Bunker, which is really cool. I'm very interested to see the Bunker storyline. Mm. Tom Belfry is an amazing actor. Everybody's an amazing actor on the show, but I think what they're doing with that, the idea of redemption is really compelling. Um, I'm very much interested in seeing it. And I think... We're going to get Joe back in like three episodes. I'd like that. I would yeah. too. I don't think it's going to be like a season long thing, although I'd love to see where they're going, but I think that's just to introduce Dalton. I feel like. Him back. Yeah. I feel like getting Joe back is more of our Siobhan getting killed mid season kind of episode. So yeah. I'd look for that in episode four. Uh, three. I th- I th- four or five, five, I would say. Three. Uh, all right. Th- three, really, five. Three, four, five. I'm really quick uh, to make a point. Oh. 
What episode oh. do you think they're going to get Job back? Two. 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 Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're going to... Because we only, we're only dealing with eight episodes, remember. Gotta go fast. I, I know. Exactly, Underway. exactly. Also, predictions-wise, technically, I feel, you know, they the directors and the filmmakers, uh, without the story, really changed the game up this season. Technically-wise, we saw in the directing standpoint, I feel we're still going to get a shift. I feel we're going to see, like... I feel we're going to see, like, an episode where everything's done in, like, a one-shot, or they're really going to play with, like, the camera tricks and the distortions a lot. I mean, the look we're even going to see is going to evolve even more, I'm just saying. Okay. Yeah, that's certainly going to happen. I mean, this show is like, to me, and, and I'll say, this is these are my feelings about it, but I've I've had a, a hole in my heart, I'll just say in the shape of a Walter White for quite some time. Oh. And this show, after now watching three seasons of it, has filled that hole in the shape of a cherished batch. Crazy. Oh. I'll cheers to that. I, I really cheers. love show. Cheers. Cheers, baby. Cheers. cheers. Uh, hell yeah. Uh, one last thought. I think, uh, if, 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 uh, Brock is not supremely corrupt when we meet him, by the end of the season, he will have to go and partner with Kai Proctor. The one thing he always said that he never wanted to do to take on the Aryan Brotherhood. Oh, good no, that's that's Bunker's fight alone, man. It's not because Brock is loyal to mm-hmm. him. He's loyal, but dog. I think that's that's Bunker's Pats issue him. to resolve. He gives him food and treats, yeah, no. and he takes care of his Aryan brothers. Yeah, no, that's okay. it happening. Fair enough. Folks, I want to thank you so much for joining us all season long. Uh, it is our dearest intent to come back with a season one recap before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so stay, keep your eyes peeled to our Twitters, and we will let you know when that's happening. Well, so we, I did tweet today that we would say if we were doing that or not. We're doing, we're doing oh, it. We're doing it. We're doing it. Oh, yeah. It's just a question of when. It I'm might when. be in a few months uh, when things calm down here at AfterBuzz, but yeah. we will let you know. Certainly, as soon as we know, that's when you will know. Uh, you should visit iTunes, rate and review the show. Uh, it's, it just helps everyone out here, mm-hmm. and it helps us get sponsors and guests like Matt Servito. So please go and do. Uh, Modest, where can the people find you? Find me on Twitter at RestFiction. It stands for RestaurantFiction.com. Also on iTunes. Just look up Restaurant Fiction. Okay, Oriana. You can find me at Miss Oriana Leo on Twitter or Oriana Leo on Instagram. Uh, thank you so much for all the love and support, you fancy babes, this season. This is my favorite show, and I love sharing it with you guys. As Matt said, stay tuned to my Twitter account. I may be doing some behind-the-scenes season four stuff this summer for Banshee. Mm-hmm. So keep your eyes peeled to my Twitter account, and you'll be the first to know. Fantastic. And Isaac? You can follow me on Twitter at Isaac Johnson, Instagram, The Isaac Johnson, and YouTube, also The Isaac Johnson. Check out my music video. And thank you as well to all the Fanchi babes who welcomed me with open arms and tweeted with me today. It made me feel special. Thank you. And, uh, folks, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman. That's M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. You can find me here doing better call Saul. My personal channel, youtube.com slash C slash Matt Lieberman and SourceFed and SourceFed Nerd. Thank you all so much. See you next season. Goodbye. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Fancy's Rule! The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.